This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Man, I love that song because I think there's times I just need to claim that truth, sing that truth into my soul because I'm churning at times. And especially in the season that we're going through where there's so much challenge with pandemic and the tensions in our world, I just need to know that God can come in and help me. Because there's moments in life where you are suddenly challenged by a situation or a circumstance that challenges how good you think you are. I don't know if you've ever had those moments or those people that help you realize, yeah, I need some help. I was at a dinner party with a group of friends once upon a time, and as we were getting ready to hang out, that person showed up. That person was one of these people in my life who has hurt me, wronged me, uh, made life difficult for me. And and I remember when they walked into this party, I was just like, oh no, because every emotion and hurt was welling up in me in that that moment. And and I just remember thinking like, I I can't do this. I can't do this. Like, Like, Jesus help me because I really don't like this person. And I realized in that moment that that the ability to be the person I wanted to be felt like it was so beyond me. And and I think that's why I I really love what we're looking at in this series. I, I love these words that Paul writes in Galatians 5, where he talks about this hope we can have when God shows up, when Jesus steps into our story, his spirit at work, helping us to become that person that we really want to be. And Paul writes this, he says this, he says, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And we're going to spend some time unpacking these because we want to understand that even in this season of challenge, what are the good things that God wants to do in us and through us? Amen. It's so good to know that one of the things the Holy Spirit produces in our lives is, is love. It's like he takes me, this, this, this person that doesn't always have everything I need, and he fills me up. He puts his love in me so that I, I have what I need as I go through life and in the relationships that I'm living in. I mean, I, I love this idea because I, I love the idea of love. I mean, I love how Paul describes what love looks like in another one of his writings, this early Christian leader speaking to the first Christians in 1 Corinthians 13, and he has all these descriptions of love. It's patient, it's kind, it's not self-seeking, it keeps no record of wrongs, it doesn't delight in evil, it protects, it looks out for the interest of others. Like, I don't know about you, but I want to experience love like that. Like, not only being loved, but I, I want to be able to love like that. And, and love's an interesting thing because there's times when, when I think we can really do it, when we can do it. Like, like there's times where love kind of seems easy. <laughs> like when the birds are singing and, and the sun is shining, that's an easy time to find love come so naturally to us. Or like when we're not in a global pandemic situation and and things are going the way they're supposed to be, like we're not locked down. It's much easier in those times, it seems like, than in these times. 
or like just when my own brain chemistry just seems to be working the way it was meant to work and and all the people around me are pleasant that's when love is really easy but circumstances aren't always like that love there are other things and other times when i find that love isn't easy like let's be honest this is day 80 whatever of sheltering in place with people i love but it's hard <laughs> It's hard, and it's like there's moments that just test this, and I find that my love kind of spills out like, oh, lost a little bit of it. Or there's other things that are going on, like like if, if you're married, and, and it doesn't take very long into the years of marriage to say, hey, that honeymoon was cool, but that's behind us. That's in the rearview mirror, and you're kind of a difficult person. And if I'm going to be honest, so am I. And I find that my love kind of leaks out in that moment. <laughs> and I'm like, ah. Or if you've got kids, you know that there are just seasons of life with your kids where you're like these gems are not as shiny as I had hoped they'd be and and sometimes maybe what season is that and it's like seems like it's every season oh there's times when we're just challenged or are you looking around on social media and you're seeing what people are posting I don't know about you but man it is hard to love in those moments and I just feel like it's leaking 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 out of me because love's not always easy is it and can I just be honest? Can I just confess something in this moment with you? I don't always love well. I don't always get it right. I don't always find that I can do it. Sometimes it feels like it's beyond me. Even with people I like. So what does that mean when it comes to loving people I don't like? And What, what, what do we do when, when Jesus calls us to incredible things that feel like they're beyond. It's like, what do we do when Jesus says, hey, love your enemies and bless those who persecute you? I'm like, I'm out. I'm out, Jesus. Like, <laughs> I got nothing. Because there are times when love is so difficult. This love thing is hard. And in those moments when it's empty, when I feel like I don't have it in me, I just feel like there's options that just don't, sound that great but we try them all the time i mean i think one of those options is okay let's just fake it let's just fake it and act like we can do it i think that's so often what religion teaches us to do to just pretend we have it all together let's put on our masks and act like it's all good and yet that's not a fun way to live because if i'm wearing a mask pretending and i'm hanging out with a bunch of you who are wearing masks and pretending how do I know I'm actually being loved by you? Because honestly, I'm just faking it toward you. That's a terrible way to live with people, wondering if you're actually experiencing love. And so faking it doesn't always work, but it, sometimes we try. And so sometimes I think we move, okay, let's forget this religious thing. I'm just, I'm just going to force it. Like, like, like just through my own self-reliance, I'm going to make love happen. I'm going to pull myself up by the bootstraps and, and I'm going to make me a better person. I'm going to read every self-help book there is and, and I'm just going to focus on me so that I can figure out how to love other people better. And yet there's, there's a tragedy in doing that because in focusing on me, I kind of missed the whole point of what love is, which is supposed to be about other people. And, and so whether I'm focused on my failures or my successes, I can make it about me and miss the whole point of love. Which is why I think sometimes we realize faking it or forcing it doesn't work. So when it's hard, I'm just going to ignore it. I'm just going to settle for the fact that I'm only going to be able to love people that I like or people who are like me. And I'm going to limit the reality of what love could be in my life. 
which is so tragic because when we choose to limit love, it leads to so much of the ugliness in our world. It leads to so much of the isms we wrestle with, racism and sexism. Because sometimes we say it's just too hard to love people who are different than me, so I'm not even going to try. And I don't, I don't want to be stuck with those options. I, I want to have the hope of something better that could actually enable me and empower me to love. And, and I don't think we have to be stuck with those options because I, I think what Paul is pointing to is something so much better than just faking it or forcing it or ignoring it. Because this thing called love is what Paul is saying that the Spirit of God will actually produce in us. It's the Spirit of God at work in us that Jesus said would happen when we would come to Him, when we would begin to step into new life with Him, this life that He offers to give us, that, that Jesus promised to send the Spirit. His Spirit would come into our stories, would come into our lives, and His Spirit would begin to do something new. He would guide us and lead us and work within us, transforming us from the inside out as He empowers us to live this incredible new life that Jesus calls us into. And then this is, this is what Paul is pointing to when he says it's the Holy Spirit who's going to produce this kind of fruit in our lives. Which means that if we want to grow in these things, if we want to grow in love, we have to be connected to the source. This is that brilliant thing that Ron shared with us last week when he said, hey, when you find that you lack the fruit, you got to look to the root. Look to the one who's going to grow this in your life because the Holy Spirit is the ultimate life hack, helping us become who we're longing to be. Now listen to what one of Jesus' closest friends, his friend John, one of his first followers, writes as he experienced Jesus in his life and saw Jesus' whole ministry and then saw Jesus die and come back and promise to do everything in John's life that he promised he could do for all of us. Listen to what John experienced. So this is what he writes years later in his life in 1 John 4, 19. He says this. He says, we love, we love each other because he first loved us. I mean, this, this is the hack that these early Christian leaders, John and Paul, understood. And it's not that we have to figure out how to muster love on our own. It's about learning to love as we live in the reality of God's love for us. See, because you and I, we love best when we live in a position of love. God's love for us. His love in our stories, growing us, changing us, shaping us, leading us. Have you ever been inspired by somebody who just shows a kind of love that is so powerful that you, you think, I want to be like that? You know, I, I've been watching a lot of the news and a lot of the race, ten, race tensions that are going on in our, our, our world right now. And, and, and I was watching some, some clips uh, of a guy named Ken. Ken is known as the free hugs guy. He's, he's a black man who just steps into the crazy chaos where there's protests and ugliness and 
and comes with this simple message that, hey, love is the way. And, and there's this video of him from 2016 where these riots were taking place in Charlotte. And, and he walks into the middle of the fray with his shirt that says free hugs. And, and he approaches the police line with this posture of openness and goes in front of these men standing there trying to keep the peace, but wrestling with the dynamic that they represent the establishment and all the confusion of that. And, and here's Kenny walks up to the line of them with his arms out. And one of the officers breaks the line, walks out to Ken, and they embrace. And I think what kind of love would drive Ken to model this and show this? He's got this brilliant quote. He says this. He says, fear and hatred will cease to exist when love is in abundance. Because Ken understands something about love and his story that's causing him to try and change the bigger story all around him. And, and I, I look at that and it's inspiring, but I, I don't know if I have that kind of love in me until I begin to understand the love God has for me. This love that we're told about in the pages of the, the scriptures and the stories of the life of Jesus and his first followers. We're told in John 3.16 that God loved us like the world. That's every single one of us so much that he did something for us. He sends Jesus into the world so that if we would grab hold of him, we're not going to perish in our mess and brokenness and hurt and self-destruction, that he's going to love us into a new life. And again, we're told what Paul later on in one of his writings says that God demonstrates his love for us by sending Jesus to, to die for us when we're sinners, when we're at our worst, like in our mess. God says, I love you so much. I'm sending my son and he's going to change the story for you forever. And see, as we begin, as you and I begin to step into that love, as I begin to step into that love, I begin to realize just how much I am loved. And I begin to find freedom to love. Free to love as I'm empowered by this love that's come for me, this love of Jesus that fills me. And Jesus shows up in the story and says, hey, I know it's hard and I know you feel empty at times, but watch what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pour my love in you so that when you don't have enough, my love will be enough. My love for you will be enough for you and for the love you want to share with others, because I'm going to do a work in you. And I think this is what Jesus is getting at when he says in John 13, when he says these incredible words, he says, hey, just as I have loved you, so you should love each other. And that's a powerful thing that Jesus is saying. He's saying, like, listen, let me show you what love looks like, but understand I'm not simply a model of love for you to follow I am love in your life. I'm going to pour my love into you, not simply to be a model of love, but so that my love at work in your story, as my spirit steps in, it will empower you to love as I have loved you. My spirit is going to move into your story, into your life, and empower you by producing my love in you, which is why we love best when we live in a position of love and understanding God's love for us so that we can take steps of love toward the world around us and the people in our story and in our life. And yet it's not always clear what, what does love look like in any given moment. And 
And so I think this is why we need to constantly be inviting Jesus into our story. And I think a great question that we should be asking Jesus as we're wanting to grow in love is this. Jesus, what does love look like in this situation? Like just right here, right now, as I'm with my family, what, what does love look like? As I'm figuring out how to do life with my friends, what does love look like? Because as I'm going through my day, as I'm working and interacting with other people, what, what does love look like? Because when I'm online and I'm fired up and I want to shoot some zingers out there, what, what does love look like? As I'm seeing the inequality and injustice in the world around me, Jesus, what does love look like? And as he begins to show you and guide you, take a step. Take a step toward those things. Take a step toward that love, trusting that his spirit is going to show up and empower you to be able to do it. And as powerful as that idea is, I think we have to recognize the fact that, hey, we're not always going to get it right because you and I, we are a work in progress. I think we have to recognize that sometimes we're going to take a step toward love and fail miserably. Like I failed miserably at that dinner party I was telling you about when that person walked in. And 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 in in my mind I'm like okay I I I know that love is supposed to be kind and gracious and so I'm I'm gonna try and just be really really for this person and and try to look past the hurts and and really just like be gracious and I spent the entire time gritting my jaw just biting my tongue and it was a horrible experience. And I walked out of there thinking, like, Jesus, I, I failed. I, I suck at this. And, and yet I think what he helped me understand is, Joy, you bit your tongue. That's good. You took a step toward love. You could have done a whole lot of other things and said a whole lot of other things. Yeah, could love look more than that? Absolutely. But in this moment, good enough. And I think we've got to give ourselves permission to fail at love because here's something that I'm learning about this whole love thing. It's better, it's better to fail at trying to love than to fail to love at all. Because in that endeavor, we open ourselves up to invite the Spirit to come in and meet us right as we are and to say, help me. Help me to do this. Put your love in me. And see, this is why Jesus calls us to not simply cry out in a moment and say, save me, thank you, I've got it. He calls us, no, follow me, walk with me. He calls us to become his students, his disciples, because what Jesus wants to actually do is is help us grow. Grow to be like him as his spirit works in our stories. Grow to become the men and women we were created to be. Grow to be people who love just like dad loves us and loves the world around us. And so I want to give you a tool, a prayer to put into practice as you're learning how to do this. It's what I would call a life hack prayer. And it's it's not magical in and of itself, but it's powerful in that if we mean it, he'll show up and meet us as we pray it. And the prayer is very simple. It goes like this. It says, Jesus, fill me with your spirit. Jesus, fill me with your spirit. Empower me to love 
like you have loved me. I mean, that's a simple prayer, but it's a powerful one to pray. And, and you don't have to be in the best of situations or circumstances. You can pray that anywhere, anytime, any place you're at. I've prayed that in traffic. I've prayed that in frustrating moments. I've prayed that in the line at store when someone just took my spot. I've prayed that in peaceful places. But there's something powerful about when we do that. So let's try it right now. I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer with me right now, right where you're sitting. As you're sitting either alone watching this or with people around you, I want to invite you to do a simple thing with your hands as we pray this. It's, it's, a, it's a posture of prayer, but it's, it's a hands-open posture where we're asking for something that we need from Jesus who wants to give good things to us. And so right now, as, as we're here, just hands out. Make this your prayer. Jesus, empower me by your Spirit. Jesus, give me your spirit. Jesus, fill me with your spirit. Empower me to love like you have loved me. And as you pray that, then ask him to show you where he can move through you to love the people around you. And if you're with family members and you're looking at them and they're like, why are you looking at me? Just say, because I need help loving you. (laughs) Because I want to love you. Because I want to learn to be like Jesus with you. And friends, when we do that, when we put our hands out and say, Jesus, fill me with your spirit. Empower me to love like you have loved me. We begin to grow in our ability to love. To become the people I think we long to be at the core of who we are. Because Jesus longs for us to become that person too. And as we pray that prayer, and he begins to show us what love could look like, then we take a step towards those things, trusting that the Holy Spirit will produce this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so risk to love greatly this week. And as you stumble toward love, hands open, asking him to fill you with your spirit, empowering you to love like he has loved you. Watch as he grows fruit in you, as he fills you, and you become a person who is capable of so much more than you could ever hope to be on your own. Because when Jesus is at work in your life, when his spirit shows up, You are never on your own. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.